Yeah, let's be honest. We're not going to get the same intro that we had on the last one that we just had to delete because my dogs are the biggest a-holes in the world. But, hello everybody and welcome to the Semi-Pros Podcast where we talk about movies. I'm Zach. I'm Easton. I'm upset. (laughs) He's upset. (laughs) I am upset, Easton. We were a solid 15 minutes into that. (laughs) It was like 25. Oh. Let's not talk about it. I hate these dogs so much. I'm going to murder them. I'm surprised that they're still... I'm not, I'm kidding. He's not, not going to do that. No, I love dogs. But we do have to record, re-record this episode all over again because my dogs decided to bark straight into the mice. Yeah. I hate life. Um, and for those of you saying, why do you have to re-record the whole thing? Is because I was trying to edit it and trim out the audio where the dogs bark. And he screwed And up. the editing software decided to trim the rest of the episode. So when I hit play to see what we had, <laughs> it had the dogs barking. Um, so, F my life. I'm going to go commit suicide. Easton, you want to say the rest of the intro? Say okay, that, you, you shouldn't say that on camera or video. What did I say? I'm going to be honest with you. I blacked out and raged it. <laughs> Are we on camera here? I really hope we're not on you camera here. I'm dressed like a bum right now. Uh, but no, uh, we're the semi-professionals. Oh my goodness. We're the semi-pros. We're, we're semi-professionals who talk about movies and write movies when we want to, which was not right now, so we decided to record this podcast. Um, every week we um, set a Hall of Fame topic um, to nominate uh nominees for the semi pros hall of fame wow that's a lot of nomination or nominate nom words in one sentence nominoms nominoms um but we come up with a topic for our hall of fame that week uh we each go our separate ways uh come back with 10 nominees and then ish (laughs) and then we uh pick the five inductees into the hall of fame that week um let's be honest what's more important the academy awards the semi pros hall of fame Easton. What? That's where you. Go. I wasn't listening. I blacked out and raged just like you did. <laughs> you not enough. All right, try it again. Easton, what's more important, the Academy Awards or the Semi Pros Hall of Fame? Uh, the Academy Awards. That's the right answer. What's more important, the Razzies or the Semi Pros Hall of Fame? Oh, you gonna take my line now? Probably the Razzies though. Let's hey, you would have had that line if my dogs had the parts. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, right. Uh, Easton, tell them what this week's topic is. Cause this week's topic is do. superhero movies. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm all right. All right. But it's not comic book movies, though, right? No, it's not. Okay. It's just superhero movies? Yeah. It's not superheroes in movies? It's just the superhero movies in total? I mean, yeah, it's superhero films, but... <laughs> I mean, we're a movie podcast. It's kind of self-explanatory. <laughs> All right, so you heard them, the topic superhero movies. So let's get into it, because let's be honest, I'm a little bit perturbed at the moment. So I'll just get in. I'll get us started. With I'm my just first waiting nominee. for the dogs to bark again. <laughs> uh, um, my first nominee is Guardians of the Galaxy, 2014's Guardians of the Galaxy, directed by James Gunn, starring Chris Pratt, Zoe Saldana, Dave Bautista, Bradley Cooper, and Vin Diesel. Easton, I'm going to take a wild guess here. Not that I know, because you we know this that. is the first time that we've done this. You have Guardians of the Galaxy on your list, don't you? Yeah. woo 
Dude, I just guessed one of your answers, bro. Now that you, like, basically went back in time or something. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, Guardians of the Galaxy is easily, even though it only came out four years ago, is easily one of the top superhero movies ever made. Um, the visuals are fantastic. The color palette's amazing. Uh, the dynamic between all the characters, um, you can't really pick a standout because every single one of them has their moment in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um the soundtrack becomes a character of its own because it's one of the best soundtracks in movies history. Um, them picking James Gunn to direct this is perfect because he brings the perfect uh, balance of comedy and heart and emotion to this movie. Because mm-hmm. um, that scene at the end where um, Star-Lord is like, he's got a hold of the Infinity Stone and uh, Gamora's saying, take my hand like his mom said, and then he has that flashback vision to his mom dying right in front of him. Uh, like that's that's heartbreaking. And then he has a um, dance. And off. then he has a dance off. Right? <laughs> like I mean, you know, it, it's perfect, and that perfectly encapsulates what the Guardians of the Galaxy is. Do you have anything to say about it? Nope. Come on, Easton. Come on. We got a bad time now. We're we're, we're already like five minutes in. All right, <laughs> <laughs> taking up enough time. So much. I I'm gonna. Oh my goodness. All right. So. Since we both have those, what's your second nomination? Then? Second nomination? You already kick know ass. this. It's Kick-Ass. Hey, I guessed it. Uh-huh. Directed by Matthew Vaughn, starring a bunch of characters with three names. I said that last time. It's two people. It's two people. It's three people. There's only two people. It's, there's three people. There's only two what's people. His, who's the villain? What's his name? I forget. Mark Strong? No. We gotta look this up. Oh, oh, Christopher Mintz. Uh, what's it? Uh, McLovin. Yeah, McLovin. He's got three names. Christopher Mintz Plasse. Yeah. Plays Plasse. How do they pronounce that? I don't know. I didn't take French. Assuming it's French. Uh, I have no idea. Let's go with French. <laughs> okay, we'll go with French. All right, you talk about Kick-Ass. Either way, uh, Kick-Ass is just one of those, like, super fun, grounded movies. Um, <laughs> grounded. It is, though. It's like It kind of takes place in a, basically like a neighborhood. It's just basically this kid who goes around and fights, like, burglars and stuff. Hamburglars. Mm-hmm. Hamburglars? Hamburglars. People see the hamburgers. <laughs> Dude, that would be a sick sequel, though. Oh, that would. It would have been better than the sequel that it had. We need to call it Matthew Vaughn immediately. But oh, kick ass yeah. three, we get, have an idea. Let me get him on my speed dial here. You do. I'm sure he stops by Columbus, Ohio. All He's number time. four on my speed dial. Mm-hmm. How about you? He's not on my speed dial. I don't have Matthew Vaughn's number. That's what I thought. <laughs> all right, you keep talking about kick ass. Um, I mean, do I you like the see. action in it? I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty good. Uh, I'm I trying to get Easton to recap all the things he said about it in our first. Because I don't remember. <laughs> I like, it. Go ahead. Do you like the hyper violence in it? Is it really hyper violence though? I mean, you see people get like their throats cut open and stabbed and legs broken and shot. I don't know. I Remember mean, when I, Hit Girl goes and like chops those dudes' heads off and stuff like that? I mean, I do, but I remember, I remember it being violent. Maybe I'm just kind of like, you know. Okay, so Easton's high. I don't know how he's high. He's been here basically asleep since before we started this podcast. I'm asleep. Because um, we were writing. 
Well, I was writing. He was sleeping. Um, I was writing. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. No, you were watching that wrestling promo. <laughs> Um, but all right, so Kick-Ass is your second nomination. You're taking a shit at that time, all right? <laughs> uh, so, all Sorry, right. Throw me under the bus, author, you under the bus. My second nomination, mine wasn't as bad as yours. <laughs> Although, I'll be honest, I don't care. I poop. Congratulations, I poop. Uh, my second nomination, uh, to try and get all the MCU movies out of the way, uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. Um, in my opinion, and this might, uh... Um, and you also have this on your list, correct? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I knew that, guys. I knew that. I knew that, guys. I knew it was on his list. Um, but just to give you a little hint into my thinking, I believe Captain America the Winter Soldier is the best superhero movie ever made, in my opinion. Um, uh, it is directed by the Russo Brothers. It is starring Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Samuel L. Jackson, Sebastian Stan, Robert Redford, and a host of many others. Um, no, Captain America the Winter Soldier is, it was very revolutionary when it came out for the MCU, not for superhero movies, Mm -hmm. but for the MCU and somewhat towards superhero movies in terms of showing that they can change genre. They don't have to just be origin stories. They don't have to just be action movies. This is much more than superhero. It's much more. It's an espionage, spy thriller, political thriller. Um, and that's why Robert Redford's in there is because that was his bread and butter. Not only that, but it's done in a great way. It is. It is. Um, and sure, it. Uh, you know what else? It, does? it, it has amazing action sequences. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the fight scenes are fantastically choreographed. Um, but each fight scene has substance to it because there's meaning behind each fight. Like the helicarriers at the end, there's substance behind that fight scene because they're gonna they're about to kill thousands of people. Um, there's substance behind the highway fight scene because the Winter Soldier is a cold blooded killing machine. Like mm-hmm. he will take anybody and everybody out at any time. So there's weight behind each and every punch thrown. Um, the acting performances in that movie are a standout in terms of acting in a superhero movie. Um, the relationships between characters in that movie are uh, fleshed out. Like, you see a growth in the relationship between Captain America and Black Widow, uh, Captain America and Bucky, uh, even Captain America and Nick Fury to a certain extent. Um, it also, it's a really interesting dichotomy because it really challenges the American ideal of, like, security or freedom. Dichotomy. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My writing partner, everybody. <laughs> Can't you tell we're going into comedy? He's got such good jokes. <laughs> um, but no, I, I love the villain in this movie, too. I mean, sure, they bring back Hydra from the first one, but in a much different way. Like, it's not a bold, in-your-face, we're going to, like, take you over. It's, it's much more methodical. Like, there's been a lot of trying to come up with villains that are, like, real-thinking Man's villains like Baron Zemo in Civil War, Lex Luthor in BVS, and those, for me, and my money, I thought were failures compared to Robert Redford's villain. 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 Compared to Robert Redford's villain in this movie. I just, I thought he was very compelling, and he made us, like, he believed he was the hero of the story, which is what makes the best villains. Anybody knows that who's heard about movies. I mean, he's got enough experience to be that good of an actor, let's be real here. Yeah, that's very true. But yeah, I I just... Captain America, The Winter Soldier, for me, there's so few flaws in that movie that it's hard to notice them when they Mm -hmm. are there. I think I agree with that. Yeah. 
All right, and we already said that that was on your list, right? Yeah. So that's three of your movies? Yeah. All right, so I'll say another one of mine then. My third nomination, <clears throat> Spider-Man Homecoming. Not also on the another list. Another MCU movie. It isn't? Nope. Mm. See, for me, this is the best Spider-Man movie ever made, uh, for my money. Uh, Not for me. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> And let me tell you why. Uh, it is directed by John Watts, who this is that was his first real big. Oh, say don't know who that is. Um, it's starring Tom Holland as Spider Man, Michael Keaton as Vulture, Robert Denny Jr. as himself, uh, Jacob Batalon plays uh, Peter's friend. Ned. I'm pretty sure Robert Downey Jr. does not play himself. Nah, that's playing himself. <laughs> Let's be honest. Tony Stark is Robert Downey Jr. at this point, um, and also Zendaya or Zendaya. Um, some girl from Disney Channel who's also a musician. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know who she is, but she was in this movie, and I thought she was good. She was pretty good, yeah. Um, listen, this was the first time, as me, a Spider-Man fan, think Spider-Man was done right. I think those other Spider-Man movies I think Peter were Parker fine right. for those movies. I think this was the first time altogether Spider-Man was done the proper way. I think Peter Parker was done the right way. Uh, I think Spider-Man was done the right way, too. Okay. Why do you think Spider-Man was not done the right way? I don't know. I just, I prefer someone else that I'm not going to name. Oh, this it's going to be on here. <laughs> All right, well, we'll talk about that when we... Um, but yeah, I think uh, the villain, uh, Vulture, Michael Keaton, gave such a good performance. That scene in the car when he's taking them to uh, prom. Is that a performance, though? Yeah, I feel like that's just Michael is. Keaton. Just being no, him. but I think if you watch other movies that he's in, like Spotlight, because like a lot of people, when you see his bigger movies like Beetlejuice or Batman or this or something like that, you think, well, that's Michael Keaton. But then you can watch his smaller movies. You'd be like, oh, no, he, he really is a genuinely good actor. And I think he was absolutely terrifying in that car scene. When he pulled the gun out, he was like, listen, you're going to take my daughter in there. You're going to show her a good time. Yeah, but I'm what I'm saying... you and everything you care about. What I'm saying is I feel like that's always Michael Keaton. You think Michael Keaton's always threatening little kids on the way to prom? I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that bad? Yeah, that is bad. Um, no, um, I love the relationship between Ned and Peter. Um, Ned was a perfect counterbalance to Peter. Like, he kept him at the age he is. Like, he... he because, like, when you're Peter Parker and you have these powers, you have a tendency to feel as though you're older than you are. Like, because he wants to be in the Avengers, he wants to save the world. Ned keeps him grounded as your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, uh, which I think was fantastic. Um, and I thought it was the perfect, as opposed to the, ma- the Amazing Spider-Man, this is what a modern-day Spider-Man would be, a modern-day Peter Parker because this is what a modern-day nerd is. These are what modern-day bullies are. This is what modern-day teenage life is like, as opposed to if you watch the original Spider-Man or the Amazing Spider-Man. It just it doesn't fit into what nowadays life is like. And I thought Tom Holland did a good job capturing that, whereas I don't think the other ones have. And your silence tells me you're very upset with my sentiment there. I mean, I'm not really listening. That's just so rude. <laughs> uh, I think it has the best action sequences of any Spider-Man movie. Um, I love the addition of Iron Man in there as a mentor. Um, also, he's a terrible mentor. 
Well, in except this movie. for the everyone dub. always talks about how he's a good mentor. He's a terrible mentor. He doesn't listen to him at all. And then when Spider Man saves the day, Iron Man takes credit for mentoring him. That's a t- like Iron Man is the problem with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Like realistically, someone should just kill him. As much as I love Iron Man, as much as I love Iron Man and Robert Downey Jr., I don't want him to go anywhere. But yeah, Spider-Man: Homecoming. That is my third. Basically, you're just saying Robert Downey Jr. is a terrible person because you said he played himself in this movie. Yeah, I said it. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. RDJ, I love you. You implied it. I got RDJ on speed dial, but you on what like 998 MySpace. MySpace. All right, that's my third nomination. You go ahead with your fourth. Uh, my fourth nomination is coincidence, Iron Man. Hey, uh, I'm gonna be honest with you. I knew you were gonna put that on, so I did not put that on. Why would you do that? I knew you'd put it on. Yeah, but it's so great. Yeah, and I, I knew if I put it on, it'd take up a space in the final, and I don't know if I want it to take up a space in the final five spaces yet. We'll see what else we have. Oh, it better be. <laughs> well, Iron Man, Iron Man is directed by John Favreau. Johnny Favs. Johnny Favs. Uh, starring RDJ. Robert Downey Jr. And Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Mainly. Terrence Howard. Terrence Howard. What, Don Cheadle? Don Cheadle. Uh, no, he's not. Oh! <laughs> you almost got me. You almost Get on, Terrence We're gonna have. We're going to make that joke every week that we do this podcast, because we made it last week, too. Did we? Yeah. I don't remember last We're going to make fun of Terrence Howard. And call him Don Cheadle every single week. But he is Terrence Howard in this movie. Oh! But is he Don Cheadle? <laughs> no. Okay. I mean, he is in the other movies. All right, fine. You just, just talk. Just talk about it. Uh, but Iron Man is just this uh, very, like, revolutionary movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like what blew up the whole superhero film genre. I mean, there was ones before it, like X-Men mm-hmm. and Watchmen. But there's nothing that was like, you know, was as successful as Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I think because of the universe that it launched, as opposed to just trying to be one franchise, it, yeah. it was more. It was Kevin Feige and John Favreau being much more visionary than anybody else ever has been mm-hmm. in terms of looking at movies, which I think is why Marvel is the only successful extended universe out there. Like, you really can't find one, because, I mean, even Star Wars just started trying to branch out and make an extended universe, and look at how that's going. It's not working. Their their fans are literally probably trying to kill each other. They're literally rioting as we speak. Listen, Star Wars fans, if you want to come hate on this podcast, please do. Just make sure you listen to the whole thing. Make sure you listen to it over and over again so you know how much you hate us, and listen to it again, and then comment. And then listen to it again and then leave another comment. My motto is any publicity equals good publicity. That is not our motto. But right now that is because we need it. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Continue talking about Iron Man. Uh, but as far as RDJ and Jeff Bridges, as I said. The, the visuals for that movie were also revolutionary for the time. Sorry. I'm I mean. Interrupt you. Were they? They weren't really, though. For 2008, I think it was. Like, Because if you watch that movie now, those visuals still look good. Like, is go back and watch some other movies from 2008. <coughs> what else came out in 2008? I don't know, but I know Avatar came out around that time, right? 
See, that's what everyone Middle talks about in terms of visuals. See, I didn't think Avatar's visuals were that great when you didn't watch them on the big screen. That came out in 2009. I would put Iron Man's visuals as better than Avatar's. I just think on a big screen, I think Avatar's were better, but I think over longevity of time, I think Iron Man's are better. You just proved my case in point, guys. Thank you. Listen, I hate Avatar, so I'm not proving any point to <laughs> I don't like Avatar either. <sighs> Do you have anything else you'd like to say about Iron Man? Nope. You're next. You're, you're really keeping these concise. Yeah, dude. we got to keep it under an hour. Well, we're only at 20 minutes, which means we've gone through more movies now than we did last and time. We're like we've not even halfway five done. Minutes. <laughs> um, all right. So my fourth nominee is... Keeping in the MCU family, Thor Ragnarok. Keep What did you say? Keeping it in the MCU. You family, baby. It sounded like my, 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 Keeping it in the MCU family, Thor Ragnarok. I have it on there, too. Woo! <laughs> oh, really? I'm pretty sure we have everything. Pretty much. All except the, I, for, like, I bet, maybe two. I bet all our MCU movies are going to be the same. Probably. Um, yeah, Thor Ragnarok, directed by Taika Waititi, starring Chrissy Hemsworth, uh, Tessa Thompson, Tommy Hiddleston, Kate Blanchett, Jeff Goldblum, Sir Anthony Hopkins, and Carl Urban. Um, and also others, but those are like the top build. I don't know why, but when you said Carl Urban, I was thinking Keith Urban for some reason. <laughs> and also, did you guys know, Easter egg here, Keith Urban makes an appearance. We don't know where. You're going to have to find him. Wait, no, nah, does he really? No. Oh. I was making a joke off the joke that you just made, man. Come on, man. That wasn't a joke, though. Come on, man. I was being serious. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, my fourth nominee is Thor Ragnarok. It's a movie I like. <laughs> We're moving on by... Are you going to talk? <laughs> that was it? No. All right, uh, Thor Ragnarok. Uh, Thor Ragnarok took the torch that Guardians of the Galaxy created and threw a barrel of gasoline, or kerosene on it. I couldn't decide if I want to say gasoline or kerosene there, and I just said gasoline. <laughs> I'm going to stick with it. Gasoline. I didn't catch it until you said that. So uh, Because it took that comedic tone that Guardians of the Galaxy was from being a space adventure movie, and it Thor Ragnarok is a straight-up comedy movie. In terms of the vibe of the movies, they were like, Almost like it was almost like a sequel to Guardians yeah. in a weird way. But but this one is a straight up comedy. Like it's not trying to pretend it's a drama or anything like that. Like oh, yeah. it is a comedy, and it's it com- <laughs> it's comedy works tenfold. Why can I not talk the second time we're recording? I was doing fine first time. Because you're because you're angry. Yeah, probably. Um, no, like the, the I think I've. Cr- laughed more at that movie than I have at any superhero movie He's ever. like Hulk, like, raging fire. I, I, could put Thor, I could put Thor Ragnarok on, like, a top 15 list of comedies yeah. that have come out in the it's, 2000s. It's that good. Yeah, like, it, it's amazing. And that that's Taika Waititi. That comedy is Taika Waititi. Mm-hmm. It's Chris Hemsworth. Uh, it's Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Kate Blanchett even gives a fantastic performance as the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she's not comedy. makes but. no sense in MCU movies. Um, Tessa Thompson is spectacular in this yeah. movie. A uh, uh, sorely needed strong female character in the MCU. Um, we've since had a couple more. One more. Wasp. One more. Yeah, I guess so. Um, 
Well, no, because the, the women in Black Panther. I forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, if you consider, like, kind of, like, main, yeah. main characters, I yeah. guess. Um, I think the action's good. Um, I don't think it's amazing. I think that fight scene between Thor and Hulk well, is well, that's amazing. the thing. There's not, like, a ton of action. It's yeah. It's primarily a comedy, like you said. Mm. Um, the score is also a standout in Thor it's Ragnarok. Um, because it's it's got that '80s kind of techno vibe that and it works so very well. Mm-hmm. I also love the look of it. It took that colorful vibe from Guardians of the Galaxy and just went. It's like it's like Thor Ragnarok is like if Guardians of the Galaxy got drunk mm-hmm. and just went balls to the wall. I kind of like the world too. It was very kind of yeah, like the car like, that they created and everything. Yeah, yeah. No, it was it was absolutely amazing. Oh, also Mark Ruffalo's in this playing the Hulk. And the Hulk is amazing in this movie. This movie shows why the Hulk is a perfect complementary character to any movie you want to put him in in the MCU. I think the best thing they did with this was give Hulk an actual personality. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. And I I would say, although I would say the best thing they did with this was they finally got Thor right. Mm -hmm. They finally figured out the Thor that they wanted to create from the beginning. They finally made him as powerful as he should be, and they fleshed out the character to be exactly the type of character that they wanted. They made Thor Thor. Exactly. And that's why after this movie and another movie that's on my list, he's probably one of your favorite MCU characters. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, no. So Thor Ragnarok's my fourth nominee. All right. Uh, you go ahead with your... Wait, that was your fifth nominee, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, that means I have to talk again. You're talking, like, all the time because we have all the same things. <laughs> well, if you would butt in and talk, um, my fifth nominee rounding out my MCU movies. I promise, guys, there's no more. Um, although there probably could be. Um, Avengers Infinity War. Got a dom there. <laughs> I have to talk again after this. <laughs> I hate you, Easton. All right, you start off talking. I just about get it. to show up and you, just. You start off talking about it, man. Let him do his You thing. talk about it first. Uh, all right, so Infinity War uh, is directed by the Russo brothers, starring everyone known to man, including. Listen, it stars everybody in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which, if you don't know by now, there's no point. You're definitely not listening to this if you don't know the MCU, so. You know who's in it. It's literally okay. like 30 people. There's like 100 people. 30 like A-list actors <laughs> is what I'm saying. I would say there's probably more than that. There may be. I don't know. <laughs> oh my. Well, I guess it would depend on what A-list and B-list and stuff like that would mean. And but C-list yeah. and D-list. We're like Z-list. <laughs> Are we on a list? <laughs> um, well, we're the semi-pros. Of course, we're on a list. Z-list. That's the coolest. Um, but yeah, Avengers Infinity War, listen, the fact that this movie is as good as it is, is absolute bonkers because of how how big it is and how many people had to be involved to create this. Um, the fact that the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe was able to lead up to this one movie is mind boggling because it... It shouldn't have worked. There's no precedent in Hollywood that shows that it should it could have worked, but they pulled it off. Somehow, some way, they pulled it off. Not only did they make a fantastic movie, um, 
but they were able to serve each of the characters within that movie, mm-hmm. um, within the universe. So that way, when they're done with these Avengers movies, they can go back to those individual franchises, and none of those characters will have been harmed. They will have each grown into the characters that they were already growing into, which is, listen, that's probably one of the biggest achievements I think Hollywood, Hollywood's ever had. Mm-hmm. It's, it's astonishing that the MCU's been able to do this. And like, how often does a movie like this like, beat the hype? Like This movie yeah. had like, a 10-year mm-hmm. buildup of yep. hype. Yeah, and it be since that. the since twenty twelve when you saw Thanos, this is what they've been building to, mm-hmm. and it was a big payoff. I, I I I'm sure there are some people who are disappointed, but a majority of people thought it met or exceeded their expectations. Mm-hmm. And you don't say that a lot about movies often. Like just look at what the Last Jedi did. Um, the nitty gritty. Listen, the visuals are fantastic. Um, it makes me as a DC fan cry even more about Justice League. Um, the scale of the movie is heights we've never seen. Uh, the story actually is a good story for those people out there saying that the movie's not. It 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 really is compelling. It's got a compelling villain. Uh, there are real stakes to this, although it's difficult to see because they just kind of keep it close to the people that you see on camera, but this is half the universe that is being destroyed here. Those are grand stakes. And Josh Brolin playing Thanos brings that villain to life, and he is the ultimate um, villain thinking he's a hero. Mm -hmm. He He genuinely, honestly believes he is saving the universe. Spoiler, at the end, he literally, like... And that's the thing. This Smile. is the biggest movie ever. Yeah, spoiler alert for Avengers Infinity War. This is the biggest movie that's happened in Hollywood possibly ever. And the villain wins. Mm-hmm. The villain wins. Like you can say it's a you can say it's a cliffhanger ending because we know there's another Avengers movie happening next. But if there was no other Marvel movie, this was a definitive end to that story of Avengers Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Like there was a beginning, a middle, and an end to this movie, and no one thought that that was going to come. Everyone thought that this movie would wrap up into a bow or end on a like cling on the edge cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Like there is an end to this movie because people are dead. They're dead. There's a part two, but it didn't feel but that like part, there was going to but be. But that part two is more of it. The part two now feels like it's its own separate story. Yeah. It doesn't well, feel like it's. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like it's Infinity War. Infinity War is done. Mm-hmm. It's the next Avengers movie is something else. It's something different. And that's a testament to the Russo brothers. And specifically, it's a testament to Kevin Feige. Like, Kevin Feige, I worship at your feet. Please give me a job. I love you all give you foot massages if you pay me that's gross um i'm gonna be honest with you i probably would um but the fact that they were able to pack in so much emotion into this movie um and also create so much excitement within the movie like you think about how many scenes we always talk about that just get us excited every single time we see it we've seen it what eight times in theaters nine eight 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 or nine times yeah like that's that's how much we love it and every single time, I can tell you, never once did it waver in quality for me. Mm-hmm. Never once. Um, so, yeah, that's my fifth nomination, Avengers Infinity War. You say a couple things about it because you didn't say anything about it. I did say stuff about it. You covered everything. What, do you, what am I supposed to say about it? You didn't <laughs> cover already. 
in the last 10 minutes. <coughs> I don't know. I hate the fact that you had it. I mean, I love the fact that you had it on your list, but I hate it because now I have to talk again. <laughs> and I swear, if my next movie is on your list, I'm going to cry. It probably is. I'm so excited for it to be on my list. My sixth nominee is Logan. Same. <laughs> we can just stop there if you want. I mean, that's five, right? Yeah. Great. No, I want to talk about my other ones, too. All right. All right, you start off. Uh, so, Logan, let me pull it up here. Uh, directed by James Mangold, starring Hugh Jackman and Patrick Stewart. Daphne uh, Keene, too. We, we have to mention Daphne Keene as well. I mean, yeah, but she was kind of an unknown before that, though. Yeah, mm-hmm. but because of this movie, you have to mention her. Fair enough. Yeah, but she doesn't have any lines, really, though. She says them in Spanish. Just because you don't speak the language doesn't mean she doesn't have lines. She has two lines in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, she's got like three or four. She screams them in Spanish. Three or four lines in Spanish. No, but she was great, though. Um, so, it's kind of like, it's a very different movie compared to others. I mean, it's obviously Pretty rated R, else what we've said, but yeah. it's super like gritty and mm-hmm. um, I don't even know what this is. It's real. Yeah. It, it's not... It's very, it's very real in terms of you could see this being a real world. Yeah. And I mean, even though it's a superhero movie, like the primary superhero is basically just losing his powers. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's a movie about age. It should move. It's a movie about fathers and daughters. It's a movie about friends. It's a movie about pain. Um, it's Wolverine finally done right. It's Professor X finally done right. It's X twenty three finally done right. Um, it's fantastic action. It's a gripping story that it, it's a western. If you've seen a Western, you've seen this, but it doesn't matter because these characters and your relation to them draw you into the story. Mm-hmm. Like, you've seen a movie with this story before. I guarantee you, you have. But you haven't seen it done this way. Yeah. You haven't seen, you haven't had the emotional connection to these characters that we've watched on screen for 17 years before this. Like, Hugh Jackman played Wolverine for 17 years. But, like, this movie's so different, it doesn't feel like you've seen these exactly. characters. Exactly. But thanks to those movies, you have that emotional pull with him. Mm-hmm. When he buries... Spoiler alert. When he spoiler bur- alert. When he buries Professor X and he's breaking down, mm-hmm. you're breaking down with him because you know that Professor, from all those movies you've seen, Professor X is the one who saved him. Mm-hmm. And all he wanted to do in return was save Professor X. That's all he wanted to do. But he wasn't able to do it. And he feels as though he has failed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then you add in the father-daughter dynamic of him having to learn that this little girl, who also seems like this vicious animal, but also has a sweet side, is his daughter, because that's who he is. Mm-hmm. That's what he is. And, and they're so alike that they hate and love each other. At, by the end of the movie, it. The acting in this is dynamite. The fact that neither Hugh Jackman or Patrick Stewart, even for a superhero movie, the fact that at least Patrick Stewart didn't get an Academy Award nomination is very heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. Because if they can't get it for this movie, I genuinely don't think it's ever going to happen. Yeah. Like, that, uh, it doesn't get better in terms of acting for superhero movies than this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's you, you, you can poke holes at the villain. You can poke holes 
uh, a couple parts in this movie, but I feel as though the emotional payoff is big enough to overcome the deficits that it has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I say. I mean, James Mangold, uh, he directed The Wolverine before it, and the studio stepped in and ruined Screwed it. Screwed that up. Um, so for this one, they said, we'll take the reins off, and that's probably the best decision they ever made. Go for gold. I hate that you had that one. Your turn. <laughs> uh, my number seven, my seventh nominee is Batman Begins. Oh. Yeah, it's not on my list. Thank God. <laughs> uh, Batman Begins, directed by Christopher Nolan, came out in the distant year of 2005. Um, starring Christian Bale, Michael Caine, Liam Neeson, uh, Morgan Freeman, Katie Holmes, uh, Killian Murphy, um, Listen, Batman had been dead before this because of Batman and Robin. And let's be honest, Batman Forever, and let's be honest, Batman Returns. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Christopher Nolan reaching deep, deep into the pantheon of just actually making a Batman movie to make a good Batman movie. Like, Batman is the character who he has so many good comic storylines. That, and this is basically Batman Year One. Like anybody who's read Batman Year One has pretty much seen Batman Begins. Um, and everyone knew Batman's origin story before this because of how popular a character he was, but you never really saw it this way. You never saw Batman trained to become the fighter that he was. You never saw Batman as a teenager having to deal with the trial and his parents' murder getting off of getting out of prison and stuff like that. You, you never had to see Bruce Wayne grow into Batman. You always saw the parents die, and then you saw him as Batman. You never saw the growth. And, and Christopher Nolan shows you the growth. And I think while this might not be the best movie in the trilogy, I think this is the best superhero movie of the trilogy. Link, link. Because I think this is the only movie of the trilogy that is about Batman. The other ones are more the villains' movies. I think this one is Batman's movie. And I think that's why this is Christian Bale's best performance as Batman, not as Bruce Wayne. It's his best performance as Batman because he's growing into what Batman is, the symbol of Batman. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, the action's not too great in this, but Christopher Nolan's not an action director. Um, uh, Michael Caine has plays the best Alfred and every single one of these movies, he's the best Alfred. So you could pick out any single one of these movies. Um, and I just, they finally, did, they had done a dark Batman with the original Batman, but they finally did a gritty Batman. They finally made it rough and tough what he is. There's If, if there could only ever be one superhero who you could call gritty, it would be Batman. Batman is the gritty superhero. And Christopher Nolan got that and did it right in this movie. That's my opinion. I'm guessing your silence disagrees. Yeah. This is going to be short. Okay. Uh, My next one is basically this movie, but done better. The Dark Knight. (laughs) Boom. Listen, The Dark Knight is the Joker's movie. If we were doing best supervillain movies, it'd be The Dark Knight. See, I... I see where you're coming from, but, like, the villain in Batman Begins, I don't think 
picks him up enough. Do you see what I'm saying? Like you said, it was in yours. Yeah, it was no, a, I, I do get that. I, I get that. Ra's al Ghul in Batman Begins is. While I like him, I can see the faults people have with him in yeah. Scarecrow. And then in The Dark Knight, you have Joker, mm-hmm. who, even as, even though at some points, or even a lot of points, kind of overshadows Batman. Yeah. I think in those scenes where they're, like, together, he's picking Batman up, you know, through... Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I just... Listen, The Dark Knight's an amazing movie. We talked about The Dark Knight last week, so uh-huh. if you want to hear about The Dark Knight, go to that. If you haven't seen The Dark Knight, listen, sweetheart, you you need to call somebody. You need to call night. You need to talk to somebody. Let me go work up this. Is uh, yeah, like because you. <laughs> That's the second one today. Right? You you need help. You need help if you haven't seen The Dark Knight. Like I, there's there's nothing I can do to save you because The Dark Knight isn't. It's hard. Like, the Dark Knight is might be the one that's reached past the pantheon of being a superhero movie. You know, I, I, I you can almost you can almost view that as being a drama. You know, mm-hmm. because of its quality in terms of filmmaking, and that has a lot to do with Christopher Nolan being the director. Uh, it has a lot to do with the performance of. The Joker? Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, flailing. All right. You take over. We're both finish. so tired. You take over and finish. Uh, and then, like, one thing we didn't mention was the score by Hans Zimmer. Which, um, yeah. Top-notch score yeah. right there. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. What, what is Hans Zimmer? How many nominees is that for you? Is that eight? Is that eight of yours? Yes. Okay. So my eighth nominee... Uh, you're not gonna like this. My eighth nominee is nineteen seventy eight Superman. Oh, I thought you were on Incredibles. No. I'm not as upset. Uh nineteen seventy eight Superman, directed by Richard Donner, uh starring Christopher Reeves, Margot Kidder, um, Gene Hackman, Marlon Brando. Uh listen. We wouldn't be having this conversation if it wasn't for Superman. Because Superman was the first big superhero movie. There had been little televised serials and stuff like that, but this was the creation of what superhero movies are. Um, If it wasn't for Richard Donner and Christopher Reeves, there would be no Blade, there'd be no Spider-Man, there'd be no Batman, there'd be no X-Men, there'd be no Iron Man. There'd be none of this because none of it would be possible without this movie, which is a bit of an unfair argument to make. But I think you have to take that into account when you, if you talk about um, impact of movies in Hollywood. None of them had a bigger impact than this that we've talked about. Um, also, I think one thing that it did very well is it embraced the cheesiness and the silliness. You can tell when they were making this movie, they knew that this was not a serious movie. They, they embraced the fact that Lex Luthor was a cackling joking villain like he it was a real estate scam he wanted to do mm. uh superman broke the timeline he he broke he flew backwards in reverse time that doesn't make any sense but they but they had fun with that uh and christopher reeves perfectly embodied superman for that time period and he perfectly embodied the silver age um truth justice in the american way 
Superman that everyone knew and loved, which is why everyone fell in love with Superman. Um, I think it still holds up as a movie. I'm also a ginormous Superman fan, but I think it holds up as a movie overall. Your silence disagrees with me? I mean, like, yeah, but, like, not, like, enough to, like, argue with it, though. Yeah. Well, you, I think, you don't disagree with me in terms of... I'm indifferent about it. Yeah, because you don't disagree with me in terms of impact. It's more about quality of movie. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's fair. I mean, I I disagree. I think you're wrong. That's fair. But that's my my eighth nominee. You can go ahead with your ninth nominee. Uh, my ninth nominee is Split. I see what you did there. What I do there? It's a super villain movie, though. I, but I mean, sort of. It it depends on which way you look at it. I mean, you can look at it as being that there's no hero in the movie. No, I mean, well, there's no superhero movie. Superhero in the movie. And we're not counting that end credit scene. I mean, we could. (laughs) Why not? He's a superhero. Listen, the only reason I'm going to let you get away with this is because there's no way... There's already a guaranteed shot that there's no way that Split makes it in the top five. Why is there a reason to talk about it, then? Because you got to talk about your nominee, man. you got to pitch it. Well, I can't now. Why not? Because you just knocked me down. Talk about Split. And I can't get back up. Talk about Split. Life alert. Talk about Split. (laughs) I'm calling Life alert. Talk about Split. No, now I'm upset. Fine, don't talk about Split. My ninth nominee uh, for Best Superhero Movie. Hey, dogs, come here. Get down. Hold on one second. I'm going to let my dogs outside because they're about to start freaking out. I don't want to have to redo this over again. Uh, Can you pad... Can no, no, I can't talk about well, Split. Just, no, just leave it going. I'm not going to edit this out. Just leave it going. Come here, dog. You're editing it. Talk, I'm not editing it. Uh-huh. I'm, not. I'm uploading it as soon as we're finished recording this. I'm not editing. You're editing it. Yeah. Um, are you going to talk about Split or no? Nope. So you're not going to talk about one of your nominees? Nah. All right, my ninth nominee is Chronicle. Oh, I forgot about that one. Chronicle, directed by Josh Trank, starring Michael B. Jordan, Alex Russell, and it gave us the great Dane DeHaan. I mean, I don't hate Dane DeHaan. I'm just, I'm not as, I think this is the only movie that I've really liked him in. Uh, It was a found footage superhero movie. Uh, I also thought this was a very realistic movie in terms of what would happen if a group of teenagers got superpowers. I think one of them would die because they'd mess around with it. I think one of them would go absolute nuts. Let's be real. All of them would probably die. Yeah, that's very true. Um, but no, I thought I thought it did do a good job of showing kind of the devolution of a human mind once given that type of power. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because you just slowly see Dane DeHaan kind of unravel throughout the movie. And while it's, while it's easy for the viewers to see those close to him and his friends who also have the power and stuff like that, it's more difficult for them to see because they're also wrapped up in the fact that they just got these powers as well. So it's kind of hard for them to tell because they're dealing with their own type of stuff. Whereas the viewer gets to watch him kind of crumble. So they see it coming and they know what's about to happen, but they have you just have to watch it happen because you can't stop it. You're the viewer for a movie. Um, uh, Josh Trank 
tanked his career after this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Trying tank. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. Uh, it was listen, like partially his fault. Though. Partially, yeah. Oh no, it, it it was a good amount his fault, a good amount um, Fox's fault. But yeah, no, Chronicle is a very good movie. Um, it's a good story. Uh, it's not terrible as far as the found footage movie goes. Like the visuals aren't bad for that, mm-hmm. which you can't say for a lot of found footage movies. So for them to do that as a superhero movie is is a very impressive feat. All right, you go with your tenth nominee. I'll be honest, I completely forgot about the movie. <laughs> I figured you would. I'm kind of disappointed. That's why I put it on. That I didn't put that on my list, I'll be honest. Uh, so my 10th movie is Wonder Woman. Oh, you put Wonder Woman I on? I put Wonder Woman on. I put this movie over Wonder Woman. Uh, I Wonder Woman is an honorable mention for me. I, I do very much like that movie. Uh, so Wonder Woman is directed by Patty Jenkins, and mm-hmm. it stars Gal Gadot, or Gal Gadot, whichever <laughs> way you want to go about it. <laughs> uh, and Chris Pine oh. as kind of like a he's so dreamy you say he's so dreamy he is did you not see that fanny pack in the still for the new movie wait he's wearing a fanny pack in the new movie yeah have you not seen that I'm gonna look that up right now keep talking about he's Wonder gotta Woman. be like 80 in this new movie keep right? talking about it uh, so Wonder Woman um, I mean although it is a great a very well made film it's also very impactful in kind of like the women's almost, just revolution seat. almost, you know? Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, it's directed by Patty Jenkins, who, like, number one, no woman has ever really... My dogs are barking. I'm going to bring them in. Just keep talking. Has never really dr- been given the opportunity to no. direct a movie this big. Yeah. Uh, and she destroyed with it. Oh, she um, did. Fantastic. Uh, I think Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman was amazing. Um, and then Chris Pine, you said dreamy, but I mean he is. He's very charismatic. He's the type of he's relatable in a sense that he's just kind of like a guy, like he's a trooper. Well, That's I, all he is, really. And I think their dynamic works really well because Steve Trevor is not made a damsel in order to make Wonder Woman better. Wonder Woman is just that strong, yeah. and Steve Trevor is also his own character. Mm-hmm. He has to help her learn this world, but then he gets out of her way because she is the, she's the hero. He's just helping her learn this world that she's been isolated away from. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to see the dynamic that happens in the next movie once she's been fully integrated into the world and how he comes back. Spoiler alert, he dies at the end of the movie. Uh, and that scene at the end. That scene at the end with the watch and him leaving, that's that's a heartbreaking scene. Like mm-hmm. that's and the talk they have in the watchtower. It's very emotional stuff. I absolutely love that movie. I just think the final fight scene lets you down yeah, a little bit. For me, I think the biggest problem with this movie would be like the villain, because they're kind of yeah. isn't one almost. Uh it, the villain's like so insignificant yeah. to the story. And he's he's hidden though too. Yeah, like he's not actually. But that we, we also you also got to talk about that no man's land scene. That no. Oh man, yeah, oh I gosh. mean like certain scenes of this movie is mm-hmm. like a downright like war movie, like and it's done mm-hmm. very well. That no man's land scene could easily go down as 
maybe one of the top ten scenes in superhero movies. Yeah. It is that good. The costume reveal, the action, the bullets flying past mm. that she's running and like blocking and stuff like that. Like it, it's in the score, the score I, that plays in the background as she's rising. I think it might be the best like grand entrance for a superhero. Yeah, I, I would agree with that I, without a doubt. Like that, it, it's absolutely amazing. Like, because I've never been a huge Wonder Woman fan in the comics. Mm-hmm. I just, there were other female characters I liked more than her. Yeah. I never would have figured I would have liked this movie as much. And I think that is all down to the people involved in making it. Is mm-hmm. They did such a good job. Um, so, yeah, no, I think that's a worthy inclusion. I probably should put that in over Chronicle, to be honest with you. I'm kind of bummed on myself now. Cause do you have one more? I do. I have one more. My 10th nominee, um, Man of Steel. 2013's Man of Steel. I absolutely love this movie. I know other people don't. I don't care. I, I just I've given up on caring about people not liking this movie. Superman is my favorite superhero of all time. Uh, so, you know, I'm just I'm gonna love it. It's directed by Zack Snyder, uh, starring Henry Cavill, Amy Adams, Russell Crowe, Michael Shannon, Diane Lane, and Kevin Costner. Listen, Man of Steel is what would happen. If Superman was dropped on planet Earth today, it's not what would happen if he was dropped on planet Earth in the 1960s or the 1930s or the 1970s. It is what would happen if he was dropped in the world today because the world today is much more cynical. It's much more against new things. They'd be like, kill him. They would view him as a terror, which is what the soldiers do in the movie. They view him as a terror. Yeah. Um, Whereas he's just a guy... Or I mean, he's he's just a being trying to survive. He yeah. he just wants to live a life. And like he didn't come. He doesn't here. know what he's supposed to be. Yeah. Which I think, and the other thing that I think is really interesting about this movie is, is it it changes up his relationship with Pa Kent from the comic books. Because mm-hmm. in the comic books, both Pa and Ma Kent really push Clark into being Superman, um, which is what Jor El wanted. He sent him there to be Superman, to be kind of this guiding beacon and stuff like that. In the comic books, um, Ma and Paul Kent kind of push him towards that. But in this movie, Paul Kent is playing a realistic dad in today's world. He knows, because he views Superman, that's his son. That's mm-hmm. his son. He's raised that child since birth. So when he sees that son and what he can do and he knows how the world will react to them, he protects him. He's like, I don't want you to go out into this world because it will try and hurt you. And I don't want to see you get hurt. Uh, like, And this is the first time we get to see in a movie form Superman's powers unleashed to its fullest potential. A lot of people's biggest complaint about this movie is the destruction at the end. Listen, he's never fought before. He's not Superman yet. That's what would happen. He's unleashing... These are two titans fighting one another in a city. This is what would happen. He, he's not to that point yet to where he knows he has to do anything and everything to save every single person. He's just trying to do what he can, what he thinks is right. Like he, he doesn't know how to beat Zod yet. So I think that's a little bit harsh. I also think Zack Snyder does a fantastic job directing this movie um, through in telling the story through flashbacks of how Clark grew up and kind of became the person that he is now. When you see him being that recluse and kind of growing back into society, and you see why he was a recluse and how he was bullied when he was younger and stuff like that. 
um, and then talk about score. Um, your boy Hans Zimmer did the score for this movie, and the Superman theme. It, it, it's tough. I don't think it's as good as the John Williams original from nineteen seventy eight, but it is as close as anyone could possibly get. And there, if you if you guys have never listened to it online on YouTube, someone cut together the scores for both Superman movies, and it is probably one of the most inspirational themes you'll ever hear in your life. So just go do that. Go listen to that. Go pause right now. All right, pause. Are you listening? You're listening to it. Good. Now come back. Reint it, and you listen to it, and you're inspired to go do good. <laughs> that wasn't proper English. I don't care. Uh, Man of Steel, that's my 10th nominee. Alright, so you run down your 10 nominees, I'll run down my 10, and then we'll get our top All right. five. Alright, 10 nominees were The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. Split, Yep. Wonder Woman, Yep. Kick-Ass, yep. Uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. The Logan, Yep. Guardians of the Galaxy, Yep. Avengers Infinity War, mm-hmm. Iron Man, Yep. and Thor Ragnarok. Okay. Uh, mine were Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. Captain America Winter Soldier, Mm-hmm. Avengers Infinity War, Spider-Man Homecoming, Thor Ragnarok, Logan, Batman Begins, Superman, Chronicle, and Man of Steel. And you know what hurts about this is we have five in common, don't we? We do. So we don't even have to argue about anything. Yay! I don't feel like arguing. <laughs> oh. All right, you want to give me a drum roll? So that's a good out. list, though. Yeah, I'm still so happy with nah, that. That's a fantastic list. Like, I can't make any arguments about... Like, I would have liked maybe a Man of Steel or Superman to have gotten in there. Or maybe a Wonder Woman. But I can't argue about knocking one of the ones out. Yeah. So. All right, you want to do a little drum roll for me to announce to these people? What? Just a, just a light one. Ladies and gentlemen... Well, a little bit heavier than that. Hey, there we go. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing to you the Semi-Pros Hall of Fame inductees for superhero movies. Was that a good one? Yeah. All right. That was great. First inductee into the Semi-Pros Hall of Fame for superhero movies, Guardians of the Galaxy. Second inductee, Thor Ragnarok. Third inductee would be none other than Captain America, the Winter Soldier. The fourth nominee... Would be Avengers Infinity War. And the fifth and final inductee into the Semi-Pros Hall of Fame for Superhero Movies, Logan. Logan. Logan! It's a top-tier list right there. Do your your Logan, Professor X Logan. Logan! Logan! (laughs) (laughs) That was terrible. Both of ours are terrible. All right, everybody, uh, thanks for listening. Um, I'm going to be honest with you, you're not listening. Oh, boy, we made it an hour. <laughs> Look at that. Look at that. Technically, it was an hour and a half, but we don't talk about that. We don't talk that. about We're not going to talk about that. Um, yeah, no, uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, Two we'll, people? We'll be back. Maybe three. Maybe. Lucky uh, four. It's going to be our families. Uh, <laughs> Dude, let's be honest, my family's not watching this either. Yeah, mine's probably too busy too. Um, so it's nobody. It's you Russian bots. Bye Russian bots. Wait, no. That could be Korean bots. Bye Korean bots. No, but uh, thanks for listening. Um, if you are listening, comment on a topic you'd like us to talk about. Oh, we'll cover Ooh. it. Oh, yeah, no, seriously, we will cover it. No, like, 
Like, seriously. Seriously, we'll cover it. Just, like, seriously. I'm not kidding. No, we're not. We'll cover it. Seriously. But seriously, guys, we'll cover it. All right. Um, no, all right. Easton, say bye to the people. Bye, Easton, to the people. That's not even what I said. You didn't even know. It was close enough. Easton, say bye to the people. Bye to the people. Bye, people. Bye.